Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Today on Expansion Cast, I have a pleasure of introducing Amanda Stone. Amanda is a tantric practitioner. She's a body worker. She describes herself on Facebook as a bikini, which I love that description. She says she is multidimensional love. And I don't know what that means. And I hopefully... Through our discussion today, we're going to find out a little bit more about how we can love in a multidimensional way via the tantric portal. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me here today. So, I'm excited to see how our conversation unfolds. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, I just want to let everybody know that Amanda and I took a practitioner training course um, that was based in Kashmiri Shaivism. So it's a tantric lineage. Uh, that was just over a year ago. And a couple days ago, actually over the last few, last month or so, I've had so many names coming towards me, all these Amandas, like in emails and Facebook, all over the place I've been meeting Amandas. And Amanda offered a session for free the other day. And I was like, Amanda again. And so I accepted her offer and went into a half hour tantric uh, session with her. And it was absolutely beautiful. At the point when I went in, I felt my energy was stuck. And I felt uh, I was having a hard time moving ahead with anything in my life. And yeah, she helped me pull it out and basically find some freedom in that energy. So I thought, hey, let's see what else is going on with this woman. <laughs> Beautiful. So tell Glad us... to hear the update about your um, about our session the other day. So who are you? Um, well, that is like a really hard question for me to answer because I have been so many things in my lifetime here, this lifetime on earth. Um, and most recently I have been really diving deep into the tantric arts and, um, I'm a practitioner of the tantric healing arts. So I give one-to-one sessions. Um, in which we really can move energy. Um, I guess I would say that I, I help people expand perspective of who they are so they can step into more authenticity, power, pleasure, and ease. Um, I think it's really important to stay in contact with wonder while we're here on this earth um so yeah i use a lot of visualization and play in my sessions as well nice so we kind of have a a little bit of a broad idea of what you do so but who is this what is driving you like what what's the what's the i guess the i think there's a divine aspect to all of us and, and each each one of us has uh, maybe um, uh, a feeling or, or, or something that pushes one into their path, into their destiny. And, and maybe that, that there's a way to describe that. And, you know, if you could sit with, sit with that question and what, what comes up? Mm. Um, 
I was just thinking back on, on my whole life and all of the creative projects I've had. And um, I think behind all of them was just this curiosity of um, what's possible and curiosity of how perspective informs um, how we exist. So like, um, yeah, I've always been really exploratory around, um, expanding my own perspective. Um, not just through like, let's see, how can I describe this? not expanding perspective only through like education and learning, but um, expanding perspective in really being curious about what else is out there in the world. How else can I look at a situation? What gifts do I have to offer myself? How does my mind work? Um, yeah, it's it's that's I guess what I really mean by multidimensional in <laughs> that you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, like looking at life in a multidimensional way. Um, so I think that really drives me um, the curiosity that I have there, and I think it's really helped me. Um, create a living from a place of love and non-judgment. Um, yeah, because, you know, I think judgment is something that's really easy for people to take on in their life. I think it's a really common aspect of humanity. Um, and when you can step into that curiosity, um, for me at least, I feel like my judgment has really uh, not been a part of my makeup <laughs> mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, our perspectives and our stories are our own experience and we can't really know what somebody else's experience is and why they make the choices they do or think the way that they do um, or create the world that they live in in the way that they do. Um, and yeah, I'm just feeling really grateful that that's been a gift in my life to drop judgment and just stay curious, just this inner drive of curiosity that I have. So that's awesome. And it brings up some thoughts that I've been into recently. Um, so I watched, uh, I watched a Zoom event a couple of days ago and uh, there were some questions going on about energy and how you know, if we get triggered by somebody's energy, whose responsibility is that? Do you know what I mean? If you're walking down the street and something, maybe a way a person looks or something they're doing triggers you, whose responsibility is it? Same goes for, I guess, in tantric events. Um, I mean, I guess I could use an example. Going back to one of the classes that we were in, I remember myself being triggered by a female who didn't, who opted to not work with me during that one event. And I was curious as to what her reasoning was to see if I was displaying some sort of energy or, or whatnot. And, and my question triggered her. And <laughs> so we were both triggering each other. And in that, you know, for me, it was great because, you know, I was like, once once I got to sit with the energy, you know, I got to dive to the root of it and see that, you know, there was a part of me that was feeling um, 
there's an old root of me that was that felt neglected and in her in her not um, wanting to participate in the event with me made me feel um, rejected I guess so you know but it was all I think for a purpose and what I really feel is that you know I brought in an event for me to learn from and to help remove uh, some sort of limiting uh, story or belief that was within my system and much mm-hmm. deep, and much deeper than that process and energy or an emotion that hadn't been released for years yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah I think um listening to your story I'm uh yeah triggers really are a gift you know <laughs> like if we just stayed in our house and never saw anyone um, and never had life experience, we wouldn't be growing. And I think, um, thank God for um, technology these days while we're in isolation because of the coronavirus, um, we can still interact with others. But I think trigger is really um, a gift in our life and your question about, you know, who's responsible. Uh, well, we're each responsible for our own experience. So like, for example, in the trigger situation, there's a kind of a few different levels of responsibility, um, that we each have. So if I'm triggered, it's my responsibility to explore, um, what that is, if I can, if I have the ability to, um, it's also my responsibility to, um, my, my reaction is my responsibility. And for the person who did the triggering, I guess that's a tricky, I don't know. I think that's a tricky question for me because ultimately it's like what were what were the intentions of that person you know like they may have they may have created the trigger purposefully and and there's something for them to explore um yeah maybe I'm losing contact with the original question yeah, well, let's not put it into perspective like that somebody is purposely triggering another person mm-hmm. out of a need for a rise or or enjoys that kind of play. But that the trigger is deeply honest and coming from um, somebody who's actually trying to better themselves. You know, like you have a conversation, let's put it in a, maybe a context where you have a conversation with your partner and and in that conversation, something you say triggers your partner. You know, is that your responsibility? Did you say something that maybe you shouldn't have? Should you held on to your energy? Or should your partner take some responsibility in how they're being triggered, how they're receiving? Yeah, I think it's like, uh, I think it's a, a mixture of both. Um, the person who did the triggering should really examine, you know, were their actions authentic um, and true? And I think the person that that was triggered, you know, has the responsibility to work through it, I think, um, on their own or with someone else, right? Because I don't know if it's really possible to work through a trigger with the person who's triggered you yeah so here's kind of what I think I think that Mm -hmm. say you and I are having a conversation Mm -hmm. I say Amanda you made me feel rejected I I wouldn't say that because not at this point anyway but (laughs) but if had Mm -hmm. I said that I'd have to back up because 
there's, there's nothing you could do to actually make me feel rejected. There's only an existing story within me somewhere that resonates with rejection. And by right. me looking after yourself, I'm just applying a story that that's coming to the surface within me. Right. Yeah. You're seeing things through your own filter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and reacting from those places. Um which is really um, interesting because it makes me think back to expanding perspective, you know, like we all have our own experiences and conditioning that we've gathered in our time here on this planet. And um, we live from those places through those filters. And if we can expand our perspective um, about how to live beyond those conditionings, beyond, say, even traumas that we've experienced and um, create kind of like a broader filter um, of our experience, then it gives us a little more freedom of um, how we react to situations, right? Yeah, so I think that connecting our our experience to how we react, I think we can really expand the way that we exist in the world just through kind of better understanding of where we're coming from, what filters are we looking through, um, how to take responsibility for our own actions and take responsibility for all of the events in our, in our life, basically. Mm-hmm. So can you give us an example of maybe something that you've, pushed through an event or a situation that was triggering for you and that you learned something from it? So. Um, let's see. What, um, yeah, this, this one is recent and it's pretty personal. It's, it's pretty like a deep-seated trauma um so at a recent tantric event we had um body work exchange happening and um i was receiving and and there were times where the touch felt like outside of the parameters of the exercise and I was triggered. I was actually triggered as far as um, leaving my body. Like I had no more ability to react to the situation, what was going on in actual real time. I had no more ability because I, I was so triggered that I was actually back at, you know, whatever the event of my original trauma was. So, um, you know, after that, I kind of brought it up to the person and, um, you know, it was accepted as a share. And then I just felt like the more and more I came back to present reality, the more and more confused I became. So, um, yeah, I, I, all I could do was really share my experience, what I was, what I had experienced. And, um, 
I shared it with one of the leaders of the event. And we really worked through, you know, what what had actually happened in that real time, what had actually happened um, with my trigger sending me out of my body into a different uh, timeline. And, you know, it was really uncomfortable for me to face that person that I was paired with um, for the next few days. And I really just had to sit with that and understand what was that showing me about my, like, what did that bring up for me about my past experience? Um, Cause it was definitely directly connected to a past experience. Um, and, um, what were the needs? What were the needs that I, that I wasn't receiving in that past experience? So it's kind of like the trigger is an avenue into looking at yourself in ways that you wouldn't have really explored without it. Right. So can we get a little bit of context? Cause during this event, um, you do declare boundaries, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So every time there's body work, you declare your boundaries, and then you felt like those boundaries were pushed. Um. Yes, and you know the boundaries of the container of the exercise itself. I felt like were enough um and when i felt like those boundaries were being pushed um yeah in the moment i couldn't react because i was out of body afterwards i was like oh that was an opportunity next time like that's an opportunity for me to make sure that my partner understands what the boundaries of the exchange are, you know, like, like I could have reiterated those boundaries that were stated by the facilitator. I could have reiterated that I'm like really strongly holding on to that, you know, and not, not just assume that the other person heard what I heard. Right. Another, another example of, of like, yeah, our own perspectives and so, mm-hmm. and it, it's all very interesting because I I find that being in a tantric community, we are constantly pushing boundaries, pushing our own edges, and that's helping right. us grow into, you know, to let go of our our limitations, to grow into our radiant selves is by pushing our boundaries but at the same time i believe boundaries serve a purpose at some time like you say you had some trauma and you needed to set up some boundaries so you could slowly process in your own time and communicating Mm -hmm. those boundaries is something that's crazy important and making Mm -hmm. sure that the of course the uh the space is safe and then the person that you're working with is in compliance with uh, said boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, and, you know, I think that, um, what you bring up is really interesting. It's like shifting our boundaries in order to grow. Um, we have to feel really, that's in our own control and who we welcome into that shifting is also in our own control. And, and I think we have to feel really safe in our self in exploring that edge um, and safe in the fact that while exploring that edge, do I trust myself to be able to say, to stay on top of 
of how my boundaries are informing me and how how the situation is informing my boundaries um can i always be present with that so that if my boundary changes um and i need to take a step back am i able to be present enough to voice that and accept that in the in the moment yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and our bound, our boundaries are always shifting, you know, like we can say, hey, my boundaries are this at the beginning of an interaction and and um, two seconds later, it definitely can shift into something else. And and can we um, can we stay on top of that? Can we stay aware and in communication? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you recognize any of your boundaries that you may have set up in the past that were too restrictive that have not allowed you or permitted you to experience an event in life that was maybe wanting to help you uh, grow in a certain way? Um, um, I would say, um, you know, that's, also interesting because um, I could say yes and then I could also say but that's exactly how it should have played out at that time you know like um, I could have pushed my boundary to grow or I could just look at it as that's exactly you know where I was at that time and I was really honoring myself and that's exactly how it should have played out even if I was disappointed afterwards that I didn't a b or c you know um that's that's the learning right there you know like maybe my disappointment after the fact of not um pushing myself um is my lesson right mm, that's beautiful that's yeah. that's amazing yeah i think that's a key insight right it allows us to not have regret yeah and and you know sometimes we're just not ready and we have to question something multiple times before we say yes to it right um it all depends on a lot of factors. Um, yeah, a lot of factors, a lot of personal factors, and including our nervous system and being in tune with, with that. I think that's a good segue into maybe like the nervous system thinking about coronavirus stuff that's happening right now and how that's affecting mm-hmm. so many people and their nervous system and and what, you know, people, some people are self-isolating and some people aren't. And that brings up some judgment. I've seen lots of judgment and experienced some judgment. Um, what are your thoughts on the, on the events that are happening right now and, and all the emotional uh, things that are coming out of it? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, this is definitely something I have a judgment about, (laughs) (laughs) um, for sure. I believe that people should be socially distancing, isolating, only going out for essential needs. Um, if we, if we don't all cooperate in the same way, as a country um, or globally, um, it's just going to take longer and longer for this to go away, right? Um, And yeah, I think it's our responsibility to try to contain um, and slow 
the spread, flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel about it? I feel like everybody's going to get it regardless. It's just time. I think it'll make it cycle. It might die out, but it'll come back again. I don't believe that we can fully get rid of it. Um, however, um, being that being that uh, many of the hospitals aren't don't have the capability to deal with a huge influx of people needing breathing machines or whatever they're called, uh, right. we, we should be isolating. Um, yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I do see people not isolating, and then I see people walking down the street with nobody around, and they're wearing a mask, and they're over-isolating, over I guess. And um, But, you know, overall, I think this is a greater opportunity, a greater opportunity to dive into what this is. Because I don't believe it's really about the virus at this point. It's really about how people are coming together and how people are not and how people are judging you know it's it's bringing up all sorts of emotions for people um i mean going into self-isolation doesn't bother me at all but some people i talk to are going crazy and yeah and a lot of people don't have the privilege to go into isolation you know like a lot of people live in really close quarters sharing bedrooms like you know um the homeless people you know there's people who have to keep going to work um we don't have savings to really take care of ourselves and isolate and take a step back from the system that we've been operating in. And so, yeah, like our, not everybody's story is the same, right? Um, we all take care of ourselves in different, different ways to the best of our ability, hopefully. So where does surrender play a role in all of this? Ooh. We can worry about the things that we can change. We can also worry about bigger things, but is there really um, a purpose to worrying about things that we can't? And so... Yeah, surrendering to that, surrendering to what we can't change, I think is a big thing. And then, like, maybe that's the first step. And then surrendering to um, our circumstance and surrendering to uh, what's surfacing in us during the circumstance and surrendering to exploration of our being and exploration of just being. And um, I think that even though we're in isolation, we have an opportunity to really expand in ways that we don't usually get to pay attention to um, when we're in a busy life, nine to five, um, running around, taking care of our survival needs, making sure that um, everything is running smoothly in the ways that we've been operating without thinking, you know, like everything that we have in order. Now we have a chance to, now that we don't have those things to keep our minds busy, I think we do have a chance to surrender to ourselves and really expand within um, and discover new things about our own selves, like how we show up in the world, Um, even like, (laughs) what do I like? What do I like to do? Um, Because a lot of us aren't even given the opportunity to take time with ourselves to discover what we like when there's nothing else to do. 
you know, who am I? What do I actually want to do right now? Not, um, what do I, what do I need to do? What am I told to do? What am I expected to do? Um, what I think I should do even like, what do I actually want to do right now? How can I surrender into just being and see what comes out of that? I think it's really interesting. So how do we tune into that desire? How do we accept, you know, surrender into the desire or into the, into the action? How do we, how do we fine tune how do we like discover what that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's also a discovery, and I think it's different for each person because um, our avenue in is never going to be the same for each person. Our avenue within ourselves, like the path within ourselves, is is never going to be the same. Um, I think there are so many tools out there to um, to discover these things. And just what you said, like the tool of surrender is the most important one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the tool of awareness, like really watching our minds um, and trying to get beyond our mind um, and saying thank you to our thoughts and what else is there, right? What else, like, what am I feeling in my body? What are my sensations? Um, what do I what do my, how are my emotions informing my needs right now? Um, and I think that takes a lot of practice. I think it's not something we can just turn on or off. Yeah. What, what kind of, um, tools are useful for you for the surrendering and the discovery? Surrendering is a big one, and also recognizing uh, what my desires are, um, where where they're sourced from. So, do I have a desire to read a book, or you know, go for a walk? You know, where's that desire coming from? Is it coming from some place that uh, is resonating as truth for me? Uh, for instance, I went for a walk today, um, and while I was walking, actually, it happened yesterday too. I was walking and all of a sudden there's desires in me, just this knowing to run. And so I'm like, I was like, okay, so I started running. And of course I didn't run for very long until I ran out of breath. <laughs> but but I felt good running and I felt like I was called to run. And it felt that, you know, it just felt like it was, it was right. It was, you know, the, the desire was authentic and definitely wasn't going to hurt anybody and it wasn't going to push anybody else's boundaries it was all about me and the only thing I started wondering is why am I running am I running away from something is my subconscious trying to tell me something of course I psychoanalyze myself I was like am I running away from something I was like maybe I'm running towards something and and that's the thing I think about uh just letting go and and being in surrender and surrendering to our desires is sometimes our desires are taking us to something. Something that looks completely different than what the the, the, the desire um, might look like in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one thing that, that your story is bringing up is just like being really embodied um, being like the more we can tune into our body um, and the innocence, you know, like playing in innocence and um, pure just wonder and curiosity of like, ah, like, let me become 
for example, like let let me just like tune into my body and then just play there. See what see what arises. Um, you know, moving meditation, like yeah, pure innocence is really driving that, I think. And it's really it's really fun to play and explore in that. Mm-hmm. And just like yeah, surrender into what arises from there without without thinking about it, without using our mind to get in the way. Yeah, so do you have like a good way to identify the difference between like an ego desire and a divine desire? Hmm. Well, I think that the ego is also part of our divinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, you know, all of our desires are divine. I think that's what, that's what my opinion is. Um, not to shut down your question or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> um, our ego is there to, like, show us what we're wrapped up in and can we be curious about that and see what else is there right like the ego desire might reveal something in us um that gives us confusion or discomfort well Let's explore that. Let's explore that confusion and discomfort. Let's see what comes out of that. Um, and in that, reveal more of our our divine self and our wholeness. So one thing that was, uh, I don't know why I feel like telling you this, but last night, I always think a lot, uh, quite often before I'm falling asleep. My mind can get quite busy. Even reviewing the podcast today, like thinking about, oh, what questions could I ask and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden I've got this monologue going on and I'm like, you know, I'm not even writing this down. I'm not going to remember any of it. But then I go back into it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this voice inside my head is like, quit talking to yourself. <laughs> like Last night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. Wow, you have your own personal uh, go to sleep now. <laughs> Parent. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect because I was like, oh, yeah, I am talking to myself. <sighs> so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's a strange life. Yeah, and the person who's saying stop talking to yourself is still you talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah different voice this time maybe I shouldn't say too much somebody might come pick me up and put me in a padded room <laughs> well yeah I always wonder you know that about myself too because we have so many aspects um, within ourselves right like so many different different beings wanting so many different things all wrapped up in our one earthly form. It's so interesting. And it really brings me back to the beginning of our conversation of like, yeah, how can we get curious about that? How can we expand our perspective of who we are and include all of us, all of those aspects, um, all those different desires, and I think that multifaceted like self is is just what has always inspired me to be curious and to understand, you know, we we can't even know what our own desires and motives are. How are we supposed to find that out about somebody else and somebody else's actions and 
Yeah. Mm. So it's so it's fun. It's a fun exploration. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What's what do you have for desires these days? Like even in in this one day today, what kind of desires are forward for you? Um, my desires lately have been. Uh, I'm really working in stepping into my um, uh, fully inhabiting myself. <laughs> so, yeah, fully inhabiting my gifts, my power, and making that at the forefront of life, um, my living, instead of knowing that it's there and kind of ignoring it, you know, like I really want to offer my gift to the world. Um, and so, yeah, I've been working on that. I've been offering some no cost Zoom Tantra coaching um, while everyone is in isolation. I'm doing like little um, laser coaching 20 minute sessions for folks if anyone's interested. Um, but today, my desire, I'm having a day off today, um, except for this lovely meeting with you. Um, my desire is to just, yeah, this morning, I, I, last night I was so excited about having a day off. And then this morning I was having such a hard time with it. Like, oh, I should be doing my writing. I should be doing my devotional practice I should be answering emails etc etc you know and just how can I how can I just settle into whatever I would love to do in the moment is my desire for today how about you oh well you kind of threw me off when you said you weren't answering emails on your day off I was like what I've never done that so when you take a day off, you really take a day off. Like you, you push all that stuff away. Do you answer your phone? Um, I will answer my phone if, you know, I just let my moments inform me on my days off. I, you know, I don't like to really have rules, yeah. but likely on my days off, I'm only answering a call from a family member or like my best friend. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even do that. I, I'm just purely taking time for myself, but, um, yeah, I am trying because I've, it also depends on how much I've pushed myself that week. Right. So how much of a day can I take off today? A whole one, a hundred percent complete one, because, for the past five days, I've really, really, really been pushing myself and dedicating myself and devoting myself to um, my work. You know, maybe if the past week I really only dabbled here and there in my work, um, maybe my day off today is a half a day or something, right? <laughs> or maybe I do answer my emails or something like that. So I really like to live fluidly and kind of... Um, yeah, not be so rigid with myself. Let yeah. let myself inform myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think it is important to d just like detach from work all the way. Um, once in a while, maybe even once a week, and just like explore who who am I in this moment? Like, let me just hang out with myself and discover myself and be with myself and just love myself. Yeah. So I think um, a big part of my desire is is to be in flow with um, anything that is right for my unraveling. And mm. hopefully, I mean, I have desires that work within that scope which would be I really want to really push my coaching business and get it online so that most of my clients are online. And I want to start doing 
um, Tantra events online. So pujas and different things like that. Um, it's going to be an interesting um, trial to see how it works. Because like we talk about um, creating a space that's safe and secure. Mm -hmm. um, I can see it a little bit hard to do online. But uh, the more I'm learning about some of the software, the more I'm being able to anticipate um, myself to be able to create um, a conscious space that people feel safe in. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for exploring that. Yeah. Bringing flow into our lives. I love the practice of dance, like my, like a devotional practice of dance to just welcome flow. Sometimes if we welcome the embodiment of what we're calling in, it can really appear in our lives in many other different ways. Hmm. <sighs> I think that's the second most important part is to breathe, surrender and breathe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, definitely breathe. <sighs> yeah. Surrender, breathe, dance, sound. <laughs> mm -hmm. All different ways that we can turn all those things into play. So, yeah, it, I, I've enjoyed this and let's, uh, if anybody wants a session with you, I think you still have some of the 20 minute sessions left. Where can they get a hold of you? Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on Facebook, Amanda Stone, um, or on Instagram, Adamant Eons, Eons, E O N S. Yeah, and I'm offering. Um, no cost, 20 minute laser coaching to powerfully move energy together um, based on whatever intention you bring to the session. Um, I also offer, uh, as my professional offering, I offer longer sessions and you can be in touch about that as well. Amanda, I just love your energy. Thank you for being you. Thanks for having me, Roger. It's been really great talking with you, exploring so many different topics. And your very first podcast. Yay. And my very first podcast. Thanks for having this podcast. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening.